Welcome into the Full Course Football Podcast. My name is Zach. I'm joined by Jack and Sam. You don't want to get copyrighted. Oh, we can only do it for a couple seconds. Um, Although you might think we are super happy about how football went based on that intro, we are not. We are not. Um, It felt like a weekend of watching the Bears again uh, with that kind of disappointment. Um, How are you, dude? How are you two doing? Uh, Fine. All my faith is in Brock Purdy now. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel fine. Yeah, I mean, the football season ended yesterday for me, essentially. So Mm -hmm. I'll I'll watch the Super Bowl, but like really caring about who wins, I think think the season's over. Maybe the Pro Bowl. Mm. I might care more about who wins the Pro Bowl than who wins the Super Bowl. Skills competition. Is is there a prize for winning the Pro Bowl? Like, is there an advantage for the AFC if they win? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I didn't think there was. Like, the MLB All-Star Game is worth a ton because the winner of that gets home field advantage in the World Series. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that until recently, but that's crazy. I feel like baseball is the only sport where you can actually legitimately have an all-star game. Right. Because you don't get injured in baseball, and, like, you can plug and play players into the field or into a batting lineup and, like, still have a fully functional team. Right. It's so much easier that way than versus, like, football – because they play 162 games of baseball at least, and so what's one more? What's 163? Right, but with football, it's like you're adding another game onto someone who maybe only played, what, 16 games? Right, and you could, like, die in football? Yeah. So and, and, like, the, the, the schemes of football, like, to prepare for it to be on the right. same page as a team. Like baseball, it's like just go play third base and hit the right. ball. Right. They're not going to be shifting in an all-star game or whatever. I mean, even if they do, it's like – it's not that – nothing's that hard. It's like, like yo, you shift. Yeah, yeah. conceptually. Guy, guy pulls it to the right field every time. I'm not saying baseball is not a hard sport. Baseball is oh. a very hard sport. But yes. We're a pro baseball podcast. Being on different teams, you can get traded and play that day. Yes. Baker did it. Baker. True. Football must be really easy. (laughs) Josh Dobbs did it. Josh Dobbs. Both of those guys won. So, (laughs) I don't know. It might be easy if you're a rocket scientist or Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. I feel like I was going to ask something. Oh. We'll get into the matchups, but really quick, I've been asked by like five people who I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl, and I've each time I say I don't want either, and every time I've said that, I've gotten a very surprised reaction that I'm not like you, Sam, just so actively rooting against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not that I'm not surprised. Like I fully understand why everyone hates the Chiefs and everything. But like I don't hate them. But people are so surprised that I would even consider not rooting for the Niners. I don't know. We can uh talk more about that, I guess, in uh the Super Bowl preview, which will be like for a couple weeks. But my initial reaction is I don't know who I'm rooting for. Jack, who do you know yet who you're rooting for? Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for the 49ers, but it's like if if the Chiefs win, I'm not going to be that like it's not going to affect me. Sure. But I I I woke up in a cold sweat last night 
and I had decided that I would forgive the 49ers for their wrongdoings the day before, and I will support them in the Super Bowl. Mm. Okay. That's part of it for me is I haven't – like, I'm so mad that they beat the Lions. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Lions maybe did that to themselves in some parts, but it still makes me mad. Here's I – th- I feel like for me, if – in some stretch of the imagination, and I know that this isn't how it works with conferences, but <laughs> if in the, the, the semifinals round, effectively the conference championships, if the 49ers had played the Ravens and won, and then the Chiefs had played the Lions and won, I, there's still no question who I'm rooting for, but I, I would have a hard time accepting anybody who would want to root for the Chiefs in that scenario because having – them have just beat the Lions. All sure. that to say, I feel like the Lions were the last fun team left. And then also, like, a lot of people really like Lamar and they wanted him mm-hmm. to be cool. So when those two things were gone, it, it was just annoying. Yep. And oh. the 49ers were just the biggest uh, culprit of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it, that's, how, that's kind of where I was at is – we, I think we're all on the same page. We all wanted the Lions to win. If we could choose any team to win the Super Bowl, the Final Four is them by a mile. Then it was the Ravens in a tier of their own. And then it was like, for a lot of people, it's 49ers, then Chiefs. For me, they're both in the same tier. And so I'm like, eh, I don't really want either to win. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just sad. It's I think um, the reason, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll go into it. I don't care. Um, the reason I think... I don't hate the or why those two teams are in the same tier for me is because the 49ers are in the NFC. Now, they haven't won a Super Bowl in recent memory, but they still have won the second most Super Bowls of any franchise behind the Patriots, and they've been to the most second most Super Bowls behind the Patriots. I believe they're tied with the Steelers in both of those categories. And so it's like... I don't really feel any need to root for a team that has already gotten all of theirs. Now, there are very few teams where I would root for the Chiefs or at least even think about rooting for the Chiefs against, and the 49ers happen to be one of those. I don't know. And they were expected to be here, so that's why I'm like, I don't even, I have no desire to cheer for you either. And I'm also just like naturally a contrarian in terms of like takes and stuff. And so knowing that everyone I know is rooting for the 49ers, it 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 makes me go down the rabbit hole of playing devil's advocate. And I went down that rabbit hole. I thought a lot about this. And it actually kind of sold me on the Chiefs, I guess. So that's why I'm even considering that. Because I don't care about the Taylor Swift stuff. I, I think him and her and Travis's relationship is fun. I think the NFL has overblown it, but the NFL is a business, and so of course they're going to do that with anything that's going to make them money. So it's not their fault. Patrick Mahomes is annoying, and he whines sometimes, just like LeBron does, but at this point I've learned to kind of just accept that he's great, and I don't know if we'll see a quarterback better than him in our lives. I grew up hating Tom Brady, and it just made watching football miserable. So now I'm – trying to take a step back and just appreciate greatness while it's here and not just be living in annoyance and hate of the same guy winning all the time. So I think that's why. And I've also never hated the Patriot or the chiefs my whole life until like now I'll root against them because they've won a few times. That's kind of where I'm coming from as I have a history of disliking the 49ers cause I've never liked them. I've never disliked the chiefs until recently and I don't mind all the stuff that most people hate. So I guess that's kind of where I'm at. And so that's why I still might root for the 49ers. But it's a, it's a up in the air for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Your reasoning makes sense. I don't agree with a lot of it. Totally. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't expect people to agree with me. I know I would be in, I'm, would be in the minority. And I fully 100% understand why people don't like the Chiefs. And it's fully valid. I'm not arguing against the validity of that at all. It's just, in so you know how you watch a football game and you don't know who you're going to root for going into it, and then you start watching, and you're like, oh, that's who I'm rooting for. That's kind of where I'm at. 
is I don't know yet off the right away who I'm going to root for. It's just going to be a feeling thing. So that's where I'm at with things. Um, we can talk about the matchup itself. But I feel like I needed to talk about that because I've been asked it like five times in the last day, and I've had to explain myself a lot. So next time I get asked, I'll just say go listen to the Full Course Football Podcast. That's good marketing. I feel exactly. Like, I feel like I just I, – like it's – I always I – don't, I don't like dynasties in a way, but the same way, I just don't like the team that the media – talks about the most like sure. that's what, like so the fact that the chiefs have gotten so much publicity with the taylor swift stuff makes me want them to lose more because i want everyone's takes to be wrong i guess because last like it's hard for me to just say I'm, I'm rooting against the chiefs and patrick mahomes because i was rooting for the chiefs against the eagles last year so mm-hmm. i don't really know like, I think it's just – I was trying to figure out why was I rooting for them last year and I'm anti them this year, and I think it's just because the media is talking about them way more. And the media was so over the Eagles last year, in my opinion, and like, oh, Jalen Hurts is the best football player literally of all time. I feel like whenever people throw that around, I just start rooting against that person. Super fair. <laughs> so, except Tom Brady, I did start rooting for him once Manning left because – I was talking to someone and he was like, just try rooting for Tom Brady one time. It's, it's way more fun than rooting against him. And I did in the Falcons Super Bowl. And for a half, I was like, you're an idiot. This is not fun at all. And then it was like, awesome. <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at. And I, I actually, I didn't even go into more of the Niners stuff. Like that's kind of the same sentiment at why I don't like the 49ers this year. They were the NFC favorites coming into the year. There are differing opinions on Brock Purdy, but they've gotten about as much publicity as any team other outside of the Chiefs because of the whole Brock Purdy story. Valid. Totally fair that they have. Brock Purdy's a stud. He's a good guy. I have no issues with him. But I've just been annoyed with the discourse about him because it just continues every single game, no matter how he plays. And we're a football podcast, so we're a part of that. We talk about it every week. So I'm not saying we haven't done that. But it's just like we need to talk about the same stuff and ultimately, like, Brock Purdy played terribly for two quarters in that game, and then he played great for two quarters of that game and won them that game. So ultimately, you're going to get both sides of the coin most times, and we saw that exactly in that game. He Even the, the play that got him going in that game was off the face mask of a Lions player. So it's like I think I've just been annoyed with the discourse and annoyed at how good their weapons are. Kind of like when the Chiefs had Kelsey and Tyreek and um, Kareem Hunt. Like, they were so good. It's this same kind of idea of, like, I'm just annoyed at how good the 49ers are. And their defense, Not or that's not even mentioning their defensive weapons, having Bosa, Chase Young, Fred Warner, Tardavious Ward, etc. Like, it's just, yeah, I guess that's where I'm at. So... Ultimately, I wish neither team could win. I think that's where I'm ultimately at. But, yeah, that's fair, Jack. And I, I kind of want to root for Mahomes and just see if it's fun because it, I think it is. I assume it is because, you know, he wins a lot. I rooted for Mahomes in one Super Bowl. He looked good, but I don't think he made a single completion. <laughs> so I disavowed that. Mm. I'm just kidding. I didn't really care about either of those teams. I actually just thought it was really funny that Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers and then went to the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fully on the 49ers train. I, I guess somewhat similar to Jack's take. I don't really like flashy teams, like and which I guess is ironic because I think a lot of people would say that the 49ers are flashy, but I feel like the chiefs, I mean, flashy in the fact that like, I, I can't watch any football game, any football game that I watch, I'm going to see Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes because they're just all over the commercials and Mm -hmm. like the Taylor Swift stuff, obviously 
even before they were dating, you guys know my opinion on, on her. <laughs> Not that I dislike her as a person. It's just her brand. It just annoys me. And like somebody put a post up that was like, and it's not true because she's a uh, Philadelphia fan originally, but they were like, Taylor Swift starts watching the NFL for one year and her team goes to the Super Bowl. She doesn't understand the pain that is associated with, with this pastime. And I thought that was funny. But it's just it, – it, I, I just don't like – and I told Jack this when, when Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift started dating, but I was like – if there was a case for the NFL being rigged, I feel like the strongest case would be that they want the Chiefs to win so that they can have more screen time of Taylor Swift because that broadens your audience so much. And that has just been pretty true, like, the entire season. There are a few down weeks, but then, like, they made the playoffs. They're winning playoff games. Oh, And then that video of Brittany Mahomes came out, and she was like, all you people said we couldn't win. And it's like no one said that. No one said the Chiefs couldn't win. The one of the first episodes of this podcast that we recorded preseason, we were picking it was either playoff teams or or division winners or something. And everybody was like, I don't want to say the Chiefs, but it's gonna happen. They're gonna win. We knew they were gonna win. Do I don't think we thought they'd go to the Super Bowl. I, maybe somebody predicted that, but it's just like trying to paint the picture of like, we're the underdog. It's not true. They're not the underdog. Like, which is also ironic because on DraftKings, they are the underdog for the Super Bowl, but. And they like, were against the Ravens yeah. <laughs> and the Bills. <laughs> yeah. But Lamar Jackson is, is Avatar the Last Airbender. When the world needed him most, he vanished. <laughs> So that's that's my rant. It, 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 like, it was impressive and is impressive that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like, brought kind of, besides themselves, a no-name team, like, this far, at least on the offense. Yeah. And also the defense has stepped up a lot, which is, it's just a very different team chemistry than we saw, what, four or five years ago. Right. Um, and it's working. And I respect their team, but I also respect the 49ers team. And I also feel like the 49ers are the better roster. Like if you're just going shot for shot down a roster, like the 49ers are benching Chase Young for the Super Bowl because <laughs> they just don't need him and they don't like his attitude. Right. And or like his his work ethic on the field. So yeah. I like this I like the 49ers all the way. I think they're I hope that they win. I'm not going to be surprised if the Chiefs win, but I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers. Super fair. That all makes sense. I Yeah, well, again, I don't blame anyone for rooting against the team that's won and been in six straight AFC championships. Like, it's it makes sense. Um, so, I don't blame anyone. Let's see here. So, the Chiefs won. They beat the Ravens 17-10. to 10. Um, it was a weird game. It was a game, um, in which the, it kind of felt like the Ravens defense got cooked, even though they only gave up 17 points, just like reflecting on that game. It just felt like any time the chiefs needed something, they could, they got it. Kelsey had 11 catches on 11 targets. Unbelievable. That's what's worked for them. What continues to work for them. This is the worst supporting cast Mahomes has ever had by a mile. And here we are. They are in the Super Bowl again. So, um, and unfortunately, the narratives about Lamar Jackson performing in the playoffs will continue. I was really hoping that they, he would be able to squash those this weekend, but unfortunately, he didn't. Um, yeah, what are your guys' takeaways from this one? Yeah, I'm, I mean, the um, the Chiefs played a better game. Than the Ravens. Well, Zay Flowers played a bad game is kind of the the thesis here because of the fumble. The taunt didn't do like that much, but yeah. Um, I mean, the Chiefs deserved a win. The, the Ravens scored one touchdown. Yeah, how do you expect to beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship if you score one touchdown? 
So, yeah. Yeah, I think the the Chiefs defense, I mean, Lamar's just – for all those haters, which I was not one before this season that said, well, he can't do it in the playoffs. Like, why would – like, I don't trust Lamar. And I was like, no, but Lamar, like, when he's healthy, he's MVP, which is true. He, and he was MVP again. But, like – it's hard to now push back on the narrative that he can't get it done because he can't get it done. They've lost pretty badly every year in the playoffs that he's played in the playoffs, which so is Josh Allen or like in heartbreaking fashions. I mean, it's just, that's just going to be true for AFC teams. Like the dolphins, the bills, the chiefs, I'm not the chiefs, the Ravens, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Colts, Steelers, any of these teams with playoff aspirations, like they have to play the Chiefs. And until Patrick Mahomes retires or gets traded or dies, like it's just inevitable. And it's like Tom Brady. It's just, it's the exact same thing. And somehow the AFC always is the team, the conference with these elite quarterbacks that go on these insane runs. And then there's other elite quarterbacks that are there and they just hope to get one. Like maybe they can get one, and that's the world that the AFC lives in, which is sad as an AFC fan. You guys have it good over there in the NFC. You just got to beat one team, and then you're halfway there. And and it's going well for us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, no one has it better than you guys right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's he's inevitable and. And the whole goat talk, it's so stupid. Like, I don't need to get on ESPN and then it's a picture of Patrick Mahomes next to Rex Ryan on Get Up and they're talking about who's the goat or whatever. And it's like, like, Tom Brady is the goat and Tom Brady will be the goat until Patrick Mahomes wins at least eight Super Bowls. So until then, there's no point in even having the conversation. Um, he's Everyone's like, well, he's on pace. Yeah, he's on pace, but... Like, Brady had did it in, like, two sets of his career. Like, he started early where, like, Belichick and the team kind of carried him, and then he evolved into this, like, elite assassin-type quarterback, which is scary because Mahomes is already there. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but to, for all that said about this is Mahomes' worst cast, this is the best defense he's ever played with. For sure. The best run game that they've ever had as he's been there. So, like, an elite – they're not an elite running team, but they're pretty. They're a pretty good running team. Like Pacheco has changed that team a lot, and he's like their unsung MVP because if you have an elite run game and then just a game managing quarterback, you can win an, at least a national championship in college football. We've seen that done in the last month, and 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 so say you have a really good run game and then the best quarterback of the decade. Uh-huh. How are you ever going to lose? And we're just fools forever. I mean, we have to put our hope. If you don't like the Chiefs, every week you have to get up and you have to hope the team they're playing can beat them. Because teams did beat the Patriots. Like, it's very hard to go back-to-back. No one has gone back-to-back since the Patriots in, like, 03-04. So those aren't really takes on the exact game. I mean, Sam, basically the whole game I was just like – I just – the Ravens needed to score to make it interesting, and they just never did. They right fumbling or like Lamar with some bad interceptions, and or he fumbled too. And it's just like it was always the Ravens would drive, and it's like if they score a touchdown, the next half an hour of life is going to be really exciting. And they never did. They just kept right. turning it over. Uh, you're, yeah. The Zay Flowers stuff really screwed them. Um, it was a ticky-tacky call on the um, personal foul, whatever they called on him, for taunting. But he got up, he pushed a guy down and spun the ball on him. Like You can't really argue that. I don't blame him at all for doing that. It's not like people don't do that all the time that don't get calls. But same time, can't do that. And then he fumbles. He goes to score to redeem himself, and he fumbles on the goal line. A great play by the Kansas City defender. I think that's more on the defender than um, Zay Flowers, but still. Um, ultimately, that's partially what lost in the game. There's other fumbles involved, and in, um, Lamar threw a terrible interception into triple coverage in the end zone when he did not need to force that throw at all. 
Um, I so think I, I've been seeing clips of that clip specifically. The only rationale, because I respect Lamar a lot as a quarterback, is that he mm-hmm. thought he was throwing into PI on Isaiah Likely um, because there was a little bit of contact there, and I think he was trying to draw a penalty. And then it was a no call, and obviously it was a bad pass because he's being rushed in the pocket and it was an interception. So I think he gambled a little bit on that, which I think, I think that's why they likely waved him because he was running into triple coverage and then was not open at all. But I think that's what they were trying to do. Could be totally wrong. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but either it screwed him. Yeah, I think the only way that likely could have maybe caught that ball is if it was thrown high and it was just a jump ball because he's huge. But it's a dumb ball. No matter what you're trying to do, throwing the triple coverage, ultimately you can't make an excuse for it. So it's really sad. Lamar's frustrated all game. You could tell every time they panned to the sideline, he was like taking his helmet off and was just pissed. And I feel so bad because I know how bad he wants it. And he, I, we all know he's capable of doing it. He's a two-time MVP or about to be. But this might have been his best chance. You don't get many chances like this with, like you said, Jack, with Mahomes in the AFC. Ah, it sucks. And, and, like, if you would have said that before the game, hey, just so you know, when you're you're betting for this game, like you get a little tip and it's like, hey, just so you know, the Chiefs don't score in the second half. <laughs> you'd make two bets and one of those is the Ravens covering the spread and the under one of those would hit and it was the under right like that's just like that's they didn't score in the second half uh, and the one of their touchdowns was on the very first drive they went <laughs> they they scored and they and then the Ravens scored and then they went on a nine minute drive and scored again and, and then, then they the field goal and then they didn't score the rest of the game Yep. It's uh it's so crazy, so sad. I think part of the Mahomes hate too, and I this is my biggest old man take cuz I'm fine with the the uh Taylor Swift stuff, but like Mahomes like he gets every call. And I'm not here to complain about the refs and he's earned it in a way, but like that whole concept of he's earned it is so annoying to me cuz right. like Next year, if Anthony Richardson gets lit up and doesn't get a call because he hasn't earned it because he's a rookie, it's like – or Justin Fields probably gets hit all the time and doesn't get calls. He never, he didn't have a single roughing the passer call all year, and he got hit in the head so many times. And Mahomes gets one a game. Right. Which At least. some of the, They were justified. I mean, like the dude on the Ravens <laughs> punched Mahomes in the face. Like, like the yes. like uh, Van Noy for pushing Kelsey, like – I know that's not Mahomes, so I'm moving on. But like the Chiefs, it just is. It's when a team's really good like that and has a dynasty, it opens your eyes to all the calls they get and does make you kind of delusional to the fact that everybody gets calls that help win or lose certain games. It's just the Chiefs seem to always get the calls in the big moments. Oh, you're told. I mean, you're right. That that's I. That's the worst part about the Chiefs for me too is watching those games and Mahomes gets pushed in the chest and he's going to fall and they're getting, you just know that you're waiting for the yellow to pop up on the screen. Um, so I fully agree to be fair a lot. I don't know why these guys haven't learned that um, the defenders still seem to give that extra shove when they're, when they get to the quarterback after he's thrown the ball. I don't get it. The one that was so funny. The dude literally clubbed Mahomes in the face that oh, and it was like you see the flag, and you're like, "There's no way it's not roughing the passer." <laughs> they played a replay, and he just got socked. Oh, yeah. so funny! I I I honestly felt bad for Mahomes there for a little bit because no quarterback should be getting hit like that. But also, like for the first fifty years of football, that's probably just like how they tackled people. So, <laughs> like when you put it into the full context, it's like, yeah, it's probably not good for Mahomes, like long-term health to be getting clubbed in the head, but also, like, that's what football really used to be, and I know they changed the rules for that reason, but, like, it's not like it's outlandish to see some uh, is, Right. A lineman get hit like that every single play. It's in so D-lineman, too. It's so funny. Uh, 
Anything else? Or should we move on to the NFC? Let's move on. All right. And in the NFC Championship, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Lions 34-31. Such a disappointing game. Um, assuming you're not a 49ers fan. Uh, if you're a 49ers fan, then that was an amazing game. The Lions... The whole first, the the first half happened at one point. Were they up twenty? Was it twenty four seven? I think they're, they're up seventeen. Seventeen at one point. In this early second half, they had a chance. They had a chance at the end of the first half to kick a field goal on fourth down that would have given them a seventeen point lead. Um, they didn't take that. They didn't convert. And then there's another point where they had seventeen in the s- second half. Or was- no, I think that was in the second half. They kicked the field goal in the first half. To go up twenty four seven, good for them. It you're was right. A goal and they kicked. Yeah, the yep, you're right. And then there's the second half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a game in which, yeah, they led by a lot. Um, the offense slowed down not because of Jared Goff's play. He made every throw he needed to because Josh Reynolds dropped the ball twice. Craig Reynolds dropped the ball. Um, Gibbs fumbled, and they decided not to kick the field goal to tie to tie the game with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. There are a lot of decisions um, that happened that and a lot of plays that happened. People are blaming Dan Campbell for the call and that, that he didn't tie the game. People are blaming – I think mo- most of the blame should be on the players because that one call, plays like that have gotten them to this point. So I, I've kind of gone back and, like, I, under- I can respect Dan for sticking with the way that's gotten them there. But at the same time, you got to be able to adjust. And I think that was one of those times where it's you can tie the game. If you really trust your defense that much, go into it with a tie. You'd rather have a tie game than potentially down three. It, it just running the ball on third down and then having to use a timeout. There's a lot that happened. Um, unfortunately, it kind of felt like that's what we should expect from the Lions because they've only gotten here once in their whole franchise before this. It was really sad. What, how are you guys feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable that they lost that game. Like, uh, it's the Lions. It, it, it that's true. That makes and the worse. Niners. Yeah, they felt inevitable. But yeah, uh, the Brandon IU <laughs> helmet catch is probably a highlight we'll see for the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, I mean. Obviously, it's not like in the Super Bowl and it wasn't to win the game. So it's not like the biggest catch of all time, but it's going to be, it's going to be up there for, I'm going to be seeing that a lot on my algorithms for the next five years. Um, And that was kind of the start of the Lions downfall right there. And then the the fumble, um, I think there were some bad play calls by Dan Campbell. I, I, I think you're right, Jack. You said this during the game, but it seems like a bit at this point. Like Dan Campbell's just like we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it. Just like decides. It's like it doesn't matter what the situation is. We're just gonna go for it. It's like why? Why? Like you're not proving a point anymore. Like you're trying to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I just this is after a season of watching the Bears make the exact same mistakes and losing because of it. So maybe I'm just a little more sensitive to it. Yeah, I've, after like just a day removed from the game, I, I did see something yesterday that said like the points, the like expected points per play or something. So it like quantifies big plays into plus minus for how many points it gives you. Like obviously a touchdown would be plus six mm. and a pick six would be minus six. Apparently the Jameer Gibbs fine fumble was, a, was minus 5.5. And the Brandon Ayuk catch was minus like four point six for the Lions, which is pretty high for a play. Yeah. Like, never really seen the stat before, but it's like very high. Mm-hmm. And then the two fourth downs were like two point three and three point two. So like the two biggest plays in the game were not the fourth down conversions. Yeah. And I I don't know. I've just been thinking about it more, and I I, I actually don't really have a problem with either of them anymore. 
The first, the only, I don't have a problem with the second one actually more. The first one, you have a chance to go up three scores. That feels like maybe something you should do just because you, like, it changes the game when they need three scores. They have to throw more, like, yep. the game's different. So, like, that one, I think you got to kick the field goal. Also, because, like, even if you get it, you're not winning the game. Like, there's 20 minutes left. Yep. Second one, I mean, there's eight minutes left in the game. If you kick a field goal, like, it's kind of like my same take with the Bills last week when they missed their field goal and everyone was blaming Tyler Bass. It's like, I think, I mean, you could kick the field goal and you could miss it. You could try to field goal and you could miss it. You could kick the field goal and then the 49ers go score a touchdown. Like, I don't know, like, it kept them, that's how they played all year. It was their MO. And if it works, we're not having these conversations, which should have, could have, would have. It's hard to like what ifs, but like even if they kick a field goal, I I think there's a higher chance we're sitting here. If they kick a field goal, I think there's a higher chance we're sitting here and the 49ers won the game than the Lions won the game still. So like I don't really think we can blame Dan Campbell and say you should have kicked a field goal, you would have won if you kicked a field goal, because that's not totally fair. And yeah. also Jared Goff is like borderline. I, I like I remember over the off season last year, we made like uh, QB tiers, like just for yeah. fun because we were bored. And I think I put Jared Goff in the elite category. And I think like Brady or someone called me out on it. It's like, are you serious about Jared Goff? And <laughs> like, I mean, he played as good as he could have. He played great all year. There's like a three game stretch where he wasn't like great, but like Jared, there was a at last off season, people were like, oh, Hendon Hooker, like. Maybe he's play this year. It's like Jared Goff. Like that's my other take from this game. Like I'm not. He's not elite, but like he's he, Jared Goff is a very good NFL quarterback. They could have gotten to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff for yes. this now for the second time in his career he would have played in the Super Bowl. So it's not even like that was the first time he's had the he's played in the Super Bowl before. People don't give him enough credit for that, in my opinion. Um. I do think it's important to talk about the Niners. Um, they were the ones that came back from down 17 in the second half. So uh, they – in the, the first half was surprising at how well – it was surprising how well the Lions were able to move the ball. It was surprising that the – they didn't stop McCaffrey in any way, but they slowed the run, that which is what the Lions do best. Um and they made plays. They probably should have, um, again, like, kind of similar to the Packers, they didn't pounce on the opportunities that they had. Um, Brock Purdy threw multiple interceptable balls that weren't intercepted. Um, he still ended up with one on the game, but that was that was tipped um, and not even necessarily his fault. Um, yeah, they didn't take advantage of those things in the first half when they had the opportunity when the Niners were down. And we kind of – it felt inevitable that the 49ers were going to show up at some point. You just – I just – no one saw a world where they played that – where they were going to lose by 17 two halves in a row. So, um, yes, the Lions, they blew the game. They had every opportunity to win it. But also, Brock Purdy played so well. I've never seen him run like he did in that game. Um he had over 50 yards rushing. Um, well, actually, with kneel downs, he went below 50. But before kneel downs, he was over 50. Um, and I've never seen him run that well, run much. At, he's been he's moved around, but he had multiple 15-plus yard runs that were huge in that game. It reminded me a lot of when Mahomes, when Mahomes runs. Like, he doesn't run a ton, but when he does, it's just back-breaking, 15, 20 yards on a third down or something. Um he played terribly in the first half. Um, I know I said that. And even the, like I said, the the ball that ended up flipping everything for them ended up being a t almost basically a touchdown. So um, we got both sides of the coin with Brock Purdy, but he he won them that game in the end. So I will give, I'll give him his flash for that, absolutely. And he's going to play in the Super Bowl like many predicted. We, they were, I'm sure, the most predicted – Team in the NFC was the Niners before the season, and the Chiefs would have been top two, so if not number one. Um, so we ultimately are getting the Super Bowl. We expected just in a very different way. So it yeah. should be a good game. 
Yeah. I was just going to say to your point about the, the comeback, like uh, I, I feel like we should give some credit to Kyle Shanahan too, because he usually does something stupid in the playoffs and he hasn't <laughs> done it yet. So yeah, maybe he was, he's waiting for the Super Bowl. He's done that multiple times. So, but he's usually on the other end of these comebacks, but I was, I saw a stat today and I, I have to bring it up for a certain reason, but the largest deficits overcome in championship game history in the NFL that was the largest half to, halftime deci- deficit ever where the team came back and won. Yeah. And the two highest were the Bengals and the Chiefs in, two years ago with Joe Burrow and Burrowhead. And then the one before that was the greatest sporting moment of my life when the Colts were down 18 to the Patriots in 2006 and came back and won and then won the Super Bowl against an, some random team. I'm not really sure who, but they – that – like. To be down three scores and win an NFL game, like especially when you're playing an elite team, because if you're in the conference championship, you're playing an elite team. Like mm-hmm. at some point, it just – I just wish – I think Lions fans maybe would think that if you're a Lions fan listening to this pod. Like I don't know why you're listening to football stuff right now, but – Yeah. <laughs> like you'd probably rather just lose 34 to 10. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Halftime. Like, it's just, that was like the Lions season was so fun. And I said the same thing about the Packers. Their season was fun. They exceeded expectations. They won playoff games. And then they were beating the 49ers. And then they lost. So it feels so much worse. If they just would have lost, like, oh, they were just better than us. Like, that's easier to swallow. But. Lions fans, just remember you won more playoff games this month. The state of Michigan won four playoff games this month, and I think <laughs> since 1960 they've won zero or like one. So I think I think it's Michigan should be doing okay in a couple weeks. Yeah, I agree. But it is important to note you never know if you'll be back. No. So but- that could have very easily been the Lions' best chance they will have for another – 50 years that like honestly it's possible i i hope not and i don't think it i think they'll have a chance to be back but you do never know yeah and especially with a team like the niners you don't get many opportunities to beat them and you have that chance um so maybe that missed interception off the face mask is going to be played for a long time in remembrance of the last time the lions were there and maybe that's going to turn into a curse i'm not saying it upon the detroit lions i hope not um, but you never know. It's yeah. On the flip tough. side, I'll be the optimist of the lions. They have a very good young core. They have yep. a great O line. They have great weapons that are all like younger than us. And they're, it's just how long can Jared Goff play? And can they play offense without Ben Johnson? That's like all it's going to come down to next year. But yep. even like winning in the playoffs is somewhat luck. So to get, Two thirds of the way there is, and not win. It's it's tough to it's a tough pill to swallow. But if you told a Lions fan in August, hey, give me five bucks and you lose in the NFC Championship, they would have given you five thousand bucks. Like they would have taken that. Like they. Oh yeah. That season, like even though they didn't win, like for the Lions, like if the Chiefs lose in the AFC Championship, they're like, yeah, that was a failure of a season. Yeah, the Lions just making it like. Um... Yep. Yeah, ultimately it's sad, but they got there. We, we thought that a lot. Most people thought they'd be an up and coming team, but they didn't think they'd get be at this level. So. Yeah. Um, if either of our teams went to the AFC or NFC um, championships next year and lost, like if you told us that, uh, right now, we'd be stoked. Like we'd be. I stoked. would give you a lot of things. A lot of things I would do for that. Yeah. So you would think I would like the Niners more having beat two NFC North teams back to back in the playoffs, but for some reason I just can't. I I don't I, I can't do it. I don't know why. It's probably Brock Purdy, which is so funny because he's Mr. Irrelevant. And he's like the most likable guy. I ninety-nine percent of the time I like the Brock Purdy. But for some reason I think it's just the fact that people there are people that argue that he's like a top five quarterback. And I just can't get behind that because of how good his weapons are. It's just so frustrating. 
But like, if he was the second to last pick in the NFL, I think people would like him even more. It's just that he's Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> that it's such a storyline in the media that it's annoying. Uh, uh, honestly, probably is what it is. I'm thinking of if this was on any other team, like... What about, like, a quarterback who is, like, drafted 199th and won seven Super Bowls? Like, would you like rooting for that guy? Well, that's the thing. I hate Tom Brady. I Well, I hated him. I don't anymore. I think he's a very likable guy, and I'm excited for him to get in the booth because I enjoy watching him talk. But I just... You would think that's the kind of story that would get me. But for some reason, I would so much rather see Jared Goff win. Oh, yeah. Jared Goff's the number one overall pick. He had his chance. He played in the Super Bowl. Like, if he's you put traded. It, he was turned on. He has a, like, well, a I know. I, I was going to get there. But, like, if you really look at it from that lens, it's like Brock Purdy is the guy that I'm going to root for every time. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm not – I don't hate him. I actually really – I really like him as a person. He's really – he's enjoyable. But for some reason, I just feel – I think it's because he's on the 49ers. That's honestly probably what it is. It's got to be it. Anyways, we won't be with you the rest of this week because we have nothing to talk about. Um, We'll preview the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. We'll have a recap show, and then we'll go from there. So, yeah. The draft, the offseason. The fun part. The part where the Bears fans can actually have optimism. That's right. I, uh, for the first time this week, I listened to, or today, I listened to a college football or college basketball podcast. That's how you know that football is dying because I get into college basketball. So I'm here now. And, uh, that's where, that's where my head's going. I already was texting you guys about watching March Madness and taking that Friday off of work. Um, that's still, that's in like two months, but I just cannot wait for the bracket. Brackets, uh, the brackets come out on that Sunday, Selection Sunday, and that Thursday, Friday, where there's just games for days. Like that Saturday last year, and we all watched was one of the best days of the 2023. I cannot wait, cannot wait. Me neither. The final four is going to be all Big East teams. That's my bold prediction. Ooh, (laughs) my prediction. Ooh, do I want to call a shot right now on a team that's going to win it all? Do I go there? Yeah. I, I'm going to make a Final Four call. BYU. The Mormons. Hammer it now. Come back to me in April. Okay? Okay. I'm not giving reasoning. I'm just going to put that. That's my, that's my bold prediction. Probably more likely than four Big East teams, but you never know. Maybe three Big East teams. Are you going back on it? No. All right. I'm taking Iowa State. I mean, they just beat Kansas. Yeah, I I saw a tweet about them, and I was like, Brock Purdy. You can have them. I... I did text you guys though. Okay, I guess we're good. Why not? I, I, you guys know this. Our listeners don't. If anyone's listening right now, I freaking love you. Please tell me that you're listening right now because I love you so much. Anyways, you guys know this. The only I am so impacted by games I watched, and I watched the last six minutes of the Iowa State Kansas game, and Iowa State cooked, and they were hitting step back threes to close the game, and Hunter Dickinson sucked for Kansas, and they were just bricking. And now I'm just so out on Kansas because that's the only time I've watched them, and I'm so into Iowa State. That's just how my brain works. If I see a team play well, I'm into them for the bracket. I'm going to try not to do that as much this year. I have a strategy for my bracket where I'm going to go purely analytical. What is it, free throw percentage? Maybe. It'll be a factor. It's how many guards do they have. Which team is, is, is starting four guards? That's who I'm going with. Okay. Ooh. Up, okay. I also have my first round upset team already. I don't even know if they're in the tournament. Indiana State. I texted you guys this today. They are the number one three-point shooting team in the nation in terms of shooting percentage, shooting 41%, and they've made the second most threes in the 
NCAA. I didn't even know Indiana State was an NCAA team, let alone elite like that. They are 1-3 in quad 1, which is actually pretty good for a team at their level, and they have not lost in quad 2, 3, and 4. They're winning a tournament game, assuming they make it. Shout out Terre Haute, Indiana. Are we a college basketball podcast now? Yeah. I think so. All right. Sure. This podcast was way longer than I expected it to be. Me too. I'm not mad, though. I enjoyed that. Thank you all for listening. Peace. Alright. I'll I was-